This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is an author, She's an international prophetic healing evangelist and also worked as a missionary to Guatemala for many, many years. And she was seeing signs, wonders, and miracles on a regular basis. That's some tough work over there. And God used her mightily. So please welcome to the program today, Becky Dvorak. Hi, Becky. Hi, Donna. It's nice to be here with you again. Well, very nice to have you. I wanted to let everybody know that that you have written a brand new book, and you've titled it Conquering the Spirit of Death. And I know when we're looking for resources for our viewers and our listeners, I always look for a couple of things. First, I, I like to see an action word. And also, I like to see a topic that just kind of jumps out at you, you know, some, something that you just take notice of right away. So when I saw this book, Conquering, <laughs> boy, if that's not an action word, Conquering the Spirit of Death, I thought, oh, this is an absolute must for us. And then as I started reading it, Becky, this is absolutely one of the strongest works that I have ever read. So uh, I wanted to ask you before we even get started, why did you write this book? Well, I wrote this book to encourage and remind God's people that we are created to be winners on this earth, conquerors, actually even more than conquerors over Satan and all of his wicked works, how to have victory over deadly attacks from, from the spirit of premature death, and I've given my readers the spiritual insight and daily tools. I would have to say yes, 100% in this book that you've written, this brand new one. What you just said, you have given them um, insights and tools so that they can actually do this. So I was just amazed. So I really, I want to get started. First of all, the spirit of death. What What is that? How do you define that, Becky? Okay, the spirit of death is a demon, and it's a very powerful one bent upon our destruction to provoke premature death in our physical bodies. And now, that's not to be confused with the scriptural death that God says all of us are appointed. Um, You're right. It's premature death. It's Mm -hmm. not the death, the scriptural death that, you know, appointed a time to be born and appointed a time to die. This is premature death. Yes, yes. And and you said it, it works. I mean, the spirit of death, it works with a team of other uh, demons and evil spirits. Yes, it does. It does work with a team of demons, such as a spirit of fear, a spirit of infirmity, and others. The spirit of death is premature death. When the life of someone is stolen before their, their time, and it's usually in a very tragic manner, mm. it includes incidences of fatal accidents, um, sickness and disease, suicide, murder, and even abortions. Ugh. 
Wow. Some of those things are, are not something that I, I would think about in a spiritual manner until I read this book, actually. Now, and, and, and you say there's tactics. There's tactics of the spirit of death. Um, yes, there are tactics of the spirit of death, and they go hand in hand with Satan's strategies against us. Um, when we read in John 10.10, 10, where it says the thief, this is Jesus speaking, mm-hmm. the thief, meaning Satan, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Um, the spirit of death steals the fulfillment of hopes and dreams, a full lifetime of togetherness for couples mm-hmm. and friends. The spirit of death also destroys the witness of the individual, of a loving God who truly loves and cares for all people and is willing and able to heal all sickness and disease. Yes, yes. And and, and it's not just kind of like out there where everybody can recognize it. You say that it's, you, you use the term sly and cunning. It is. This spirit is. It's sly and it's cunning, and it works in the realm of spiritual darkness. It first, I believe, enters into the mind and the emotions when we least expect it, especially when we lack time in the Word. Hmm. Our faith level dwindles, it weakens, our spiritual defenses go down, and it's easy for the enemy to, to breach at that point. Or when we fall ill, when we're real sick, we tend to let our spiritual guard down, and Satan takes advantage of this time and other weaknesses as well. Yes, yes, I understand that. Now, this is some of the things that you teach us in this book. I mean, you said that you give people insights and tools. What are some of the, I mean, these are signs that a spirit of death is attacking? Okay, I say the telltale signs that a spirit of death is attacking you would be um, a very sudden diagnose. You're suddenly diagnosed with a rare and incurable disease. Mm-hmm. There is an onslaught of sickness and disease reoccurring in your body. Um, you're battling with discouraging thoughts to give up the fight and die. You're dealing with a barrage of accidents and strange events that can lead to death. You're struggling with suicidal thoughts. Mm. You're, you're fighting with murderous and terroristic thoughts against others, and you desire to abort your baby. Wow. You're struggling with, with drug and alcohol addictions and many other type of negative habits that display a death wish. Oh, my goodness. I know in, in reading your book, you say one of the first things that we need to do is renounce. We can actually renounce the spirit of death. Once once we've had this teaching, once we learn to recognize it and you teach us the signs, what to look for, we recognize it. Talk to us about renouncing. Well, the, the word renounce means to cast off or to reject as, as in um, connection or possession, to forsake, um, to renounce the world and its cares. When I renounce this spirit of death, what I'm actually doing is I cast it off me and I reject its connection with me. It's very important to renounce Mm -hmm. the spirit of death. Amen. Amen to that. And give us a little how-to. I know some books, there's a lot of great information, but sometimes it's hard to pick out the the practical how-tos. Give me a little how-to. What would someone do? 
Okay, for example, someone is dealing with with a death report of cancer. This is what I do, and this is what I teach people to do. Now, all of this is done in faith by the redemptive blood of Jesus, right? Yes. And so you take and you lay your hand on your body, and you renounce this spirit of death coming against you with the authority that comes um, from the active blood of Jesus within us. And you command, you don't, you don't pray and you don't beg and you don't whine, you command it out of your physical body in the name of Jesus. And Jesus is our healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. And you say, in Jesus' name, I renounce the spirit of death. I cast you out. You leave my body now in the name of Jesus. And then you would also renounce the sickness, the disease, those types of things that are coming against you. And then I encourage people to begin to pray in your heavenly language or in tongues. You pray in tongues. It's very powerful. Yes, yes. And I just want everybody to know the this book, Conquering the Spirit of Death, is like this all the way through it. It's this powerful teaching. It's this strong, strong uh, revelation of things that you may have not thought of before. It's stories and miracles. And then it also includes the how-to. This is what you do, and this is what you say. Becky, I love that for those of us that that may not have operated in these type of realms before. You don't leave us empty-handed at all. You say, just like you gave us that example, here's what you do and here's what you say. Wow, I I think that is amazing. I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about, you know, one time when when you were delivered from the spirit of death, and uh, this was while you were on the mission field, Becky. Yes. Um, we had been on the mission field in Guatemala for 25 years. In fact, we just moved back to the United States here about six months ago. But anyway, we're on the mission field, and this was from the beginning of being on the mission field many years ago. Mm-hmm. I can be honest with you, I didn't know about these things. I didn't know what was coming against me. I didn't know what was happening, and I didn't know how to overcome it. And so it was a learning process for me before I overcame. Yes. And what I was struggling with is I had contacted typhoid. And typhoid, it's a nasty disease. And and when it gets in your body, it stays there. Mm. And it keeps reoccurring in your body. And every time it, it comes back, it comes back at, at a higher level. And now it was at level four. And it's a very nasty disease. It, it, it just weakens your defenses. Um, you're, you're vomiting and, and other things. Everything is happening at the same time. Mm. Very high fevers. It's really bad. And it's a killer. And um, anyway, I was at level four. And my body, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. It was like screaming with pain. Everything in me. And it hurt so bad. And I remember... It was a sunny afternoon, and I was laying in my bed because I couldn't do anything. I was fighting such high fevers. There wasn't anything you can do, nothing. Mm. They tried giving me vitamin shots, everything you could think of, and it just it was just bad, and um, nothing worked. And anyway, I remember being so worn out because that's what the spirit of death wants to do anyway. It, it's coming after you. It's wearing you out, so you want to give up. And that's the point I was. I really was at that point. 
Not that I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to deal with this anymore. It was unbearable. It was so painful. And I remember saying to God with tears in my eyes, and I just said, take me home. Mm-hmm. When I said that, the Lord, he rebuked me. And he said very strongly to me, he said, get up, get out of bed and get dressed. Wow. And I'm, and I'm telling you, his words, they shook me down to the core of my very being. They really did. I mean, it, but it's what I needed. It was like this shock treatment to, to get me out of the realm that I had entered into without even knowing it. Like I said, I didn't know what I know today, and I didn't know what was going on. And it was just one attack after another after another, and, and this was the worst level it could be, and there was nothing left in me. And... And, but you know, when, when we're weak, his strength in us still is strong. Yes. Yes. We need someone to remind us. And at this point it was God himself and he rebuked me. And I heard those words, get up, get out of bed and get dressed. They were very strong words. And I tried to lift my head in obedience, but I couldn't get my head to even lift off of the pillow. And and, and, and it sank back down in my pillow, and the Lord said to me, but this time it wasn't in the form of a rebuke. It was now in the form of an encouragement, like you can do it kind of thing. Yes. He said, get up, get dressed, and get out of bed. And I tried to lift my head again, and I couldn't get my head off of the pillow. And, and it was sinking back in, and he said it to me again the third time. And I know when the Lord says things three times, the Holy Spirit's involved, and and it's serious. And and, that, and he said, get up, get out of bed, and get dressed. And I knew I couldn't lift my head off of the pillow, and so I just slid on the floor. It was very ungraceful, <laughs> activated my faith, even though I didn't even know what I was doing. Exactly. I just slid on out of the bed onto the floor, and I had to literally crawl. And, and it wasn't even fast crawling. It was it was very laborsome, but I put my faith in action because I knew that I knew I heard God. Yes. And I crawled to my dresser. It took a long time, but I got the dresser drawer open. I got myself dressed, and then I had to crawl to the door. And then I crawled to the door, and I reached up, and it took a little while, but I got the door open. And it took longer, but I pulled myself up in the doorway. I got myself up, and we had a very long hallway because we lived in the children's home that we built. Yes. And and I was hanging on to the wall, and I'm telling you, with every step I took, each step of the way, I could feel I was getting stronger and stronger. And by the time I reached the kitchen where, where our other workers were, the symptoms, they left me. And I'm telling you, they the, the typhoid symptoms never returned to me again. They were gone. Now, if you had had this teaching that that you know now, what God has shown you now, if you had had this, immediately you could have recognized it, renounced it, and said, this is not my appointed time to die, you foul spirit of death or whatever. And, you know, but now you teach others this. You, you learned, whew, you learned the hard way then Thank God that he revealed that to you, what to do, and he spoke to you what to do, and then you obeyed. But now you're teaching others. 
Yes, it's part of my assignment. Not only did he call me as a healing evangelist, he said, you not only will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed, you will train them how to do this. It's a mandate from God. Yes, yes. And and how important is it for us to know our enemy? I mean, we we can't just walk around with our heads in the sand or with our eyes closed and try not to think about it. I mean, it's important, isn't it, to know who he is? It is, because oftentimes God's people confuse during during great trials, um, like with sickness and disease. They they start confusing. It starts getting very gray. Who really is the enemy? Is it God? Did God put this on you? Of course not. Or is your enemy Satan? And so, and I think that's a trick of the enemy. But anyway, our Savior, Jesus, it's so important to understand that he has no limitations. There's no lack in him. He operates on our behalf in the power of his redemptive blood. And, and you know, he so graciously gave us the power of his blood. But even though it's free, and I say it over and over to people, just because it's free, it doesn't mean it's cheap. Yes. Powerful. And, and Jesus, our Redeemer, our Healer, our Savior, he's up in heaven and he's interceding on our behalf to overcome all tribulation, not some, but all difficulties on this earth, including the spirit of death. And I believe with this revelation that there's always hope with Jesus that, that we're ready to take the first step. And, and this one reason, this is one reason why he sent his son Jesus, that Jesus might destroy the works of the yes. devil. And we read that in 1 John 3, 8. But you must know who your real enemy is in order to conquer and win over him. We're not alone in this fight. God and his heavenly host are with us, fighting Satan and his demonic force on our behalf. And this is a real, genuine combat between life and death, both eternal and in the natural realm. Wow. And if we're going to conquer, if we're going to win, as you tell us we are and we can, we have to know who it is to be able to recognize it so that we can take these steps that God has given you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, because it's a real battle, isn't it? It is a real battle. And I believe because, especially because we're living in the last days, that Satan is ramping up his attack against the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We can't fulfill our destiny, which is to is to be about our Heavenly Father's business, which is to win people to, to the Lord. Yes, yes. You know... There was a there was a story that you tell that was so touching to me about a family that had a three year old daughter who was being attacked by a spirit of death. Yes, I had received um, um, over Christmas last year um, an email request requesting prayer for their three year old daughter who had been suffering for the past seven months with many epileptic seizure attacks Mm. on a daily basis. They just all of a sudden started happening, and they were very severe. And I'm talking not just one, two, but many a day. And there wasn't anything, there wasn't anything anybody could do to stop it. Medications, nothing that the doctors were giving were making this stop or to slow down. It was a very serious situation. And, but this couple 
I know the man's name was Victor, and and he and his wife, they're born-again believers in the Lord, and they knew that this was not from God. They knew that they had they had a promise of healing from from God, you know, through the redemptive blood of Jesus that that their daughter could be healed. And so they contacted me and asked me if I would pray. And so I did pray and I taught them how, like and I'm gonna do it right now, you know, when it comes to epileptic seizures and I see victory in this over and over and over again. No matter what it sounds like, it's powerful because our words prophesy life or death all the time. And so I say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce. Remember, we cut it off from us. I renounce the spirit of death, in this case, epilepsy and the seizures attacking this little girl's brain. I release the healing power of Jesus to flow in and throughout her brain. I command all the pathways that have been dug out in her brain for seizures to follow to be supernaturally erased for the glory of God. And and there can be no new pathways for seizures to follow. And and I decree, and decree is cutting off, I decree no more seizures because there is no more epilepsy for the glory of Jesus. Amen and amen. Ooh, amen. And I see it, I'm telling you, I see victory in people's lives over and over and over again. And so the man, he, you know, he's a strong believer and, you know, we're emailing back and forth and, and, and he said, I receive it. And he goes, I'll get back to you. <laughs> he did in a week. And, and I haven't written down his testimony of his daughter's glorious healing. And it says, dear Becky, I can confirm to you that the seizures have all stopped. This is so breathtakingly miraculous. It happened just like that. My daughter has regained her perfect state of health. Wow, that's amazing. Becky, now, I have learned, too, through reading your book, you say that there are certain negative emotions that partner with the spirit of death. And, you know, when I read this information in your book, I, I could see that so clearly. What, what are some of those negative emotions? Well, I would say the number one is fear. Oh, yes. And, and fear, you know, a, it, it's a serious matter that can become dangerous and I believe even deadly. Mm-hmm. A spirit of fear travels with sickness and disease. I see it over and over again, and it's often the forerunner of a spirit of premature death. Another one is loneliness. And the enemy wants people to feel isolated and make us think we're alone in this battle. And And the truth is we're not, but, you know... When people feel they're alone, they, they, they become, they, they, they get opened up into another negative emotion, which becomes discouragement. Yes. And, and so they become discouraged and thinking nobody cares and, you know, there's nobody around. God doesn't care. And so the fear and the loneliness and the discouragement, you know, that all, com- you know, that all builds up and it leads people to anger and depression. Depression is like any emotion, and it can come upon anyone, but it's a problem when it lingers. And for those sinking into a a deep pit of depression, Jesus extends his hand towards you right now in the name of Jesus. And you do not have to, you do not have to allow the fear 
and the loneliness and the discouragement or depression to overtake you. You call out to Jesus right now, yes. in the name of Jesus, and by faith, you renounce that spirit of death, you renounce that fear or the loneliness or the discouragement or the depression, whatever the negative emotion is, you renounce it in the name of Jesus, you cut it off, and you make that choice to choose to believe God. You choose life. You choose to you choose to take on the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And you choose to believe the Word of God, that He is for you. He's never against you. Amen? Amen. That is for sure. Well, you're listening to Becky Dvorak, and today we're making available to you Becky's brand new book, Conquering the Spirit of Death, you're going to learn to have victory over the deadly attacks from the spirit of premature death. And Becky also gives you the spiritual insight. We talked about that and the tools that you need to do just that in her brand new book and also her exclusive audio teaching series. So don't miss it. Becky, there's something in your book that I found so, so exciting, and it was your teaching on being created to win. I know we've been talking about attacks of the enemy and and that sort of thing and symptoms and signs, but you say there is a positive side to that, and the positive side is we are created to win. Absolutely. By the redemptive blood of Jesus that he shed for us, we are created to be not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. And yes, we are created to win over Satan and all of his demon spirits, including the spirit of death. Every time, not just once, not just occasionally, but every time we are created to win, we are more than a conqueror. I love that. And, you know, it's nice to know that and have that down in your spirit. So when you do face a battle, you already have that down in your spirit where you can say, you know what, I renounce that. I recognize what you are. And I want you to know that I am created to win. So I like that you teach us these things so that it's already in here, so that we can stand up and fight. When we're in a battle, we can stand and we can be strong. I found that so, so encouraging. And and Becky, right now, for those that are listening that might be facing a battle, what do you say to them right now? I say, number one, stand up and fight. And you have to choose to remain strong through the daily skirmishes the daily battles, and you dig your heels into the ground and you stand firm. You get off the emotional roller coaster because you are created to win. You don't give in to these attacks of the enemy. God has given you the supernatural weapons to conquer our enemy. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you know what? I always go through a book and I underline things. I underline things that just really jump off the page to me. And this is a truth that you have learned to be true. And you said that truth is protective. It is. The truth of God's Word protects us from the spirit of death when it is activated. And when I mean activated, I mean spoken aloud because we have the power of life and death in our words. The Word tells us that we are to put on the full armor of God, not just some of it, but all of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're the ones responsible to dress ourselves. God's not going to dress us. He's given us everything we need to wear, and now He expects us to be responsible and, and that we dress ourselves. 
<laughs> you know what? That reminds me of what you said a moment ago when you were sharing that testimony when you were so, so sick and God said to you, get up, get out of bed, and get dressed. I never thought of it that way, but you are absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> we have to take some responsibility for this. He said, get up, get out of bed, and get dressed. And that's what you did, and that's what he's saying to all of us. I'm going to remember that now. I thought that was pretty good. See, you're rubbing off on me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Maggie, talk to us a little bit about encourage, pray, and activate our faith. You know, because of the ministry that I walk in, one of the things I have to do is to stir people's faith. For one, God told me I'm his spoon. And what does that mean? He says, he sends me and I stir I stir up the faith of his people to believe. And so I think we all are supposed to be like spoons in that same manner. And we are to bring encouragement to those around us. People are so discouraged today. And I have, I have listed in my book, I have five suggestions to remember to offer encouragement to others. And, and I go into detail about this, and I train you on that. But just to, just to mention the, the five suggestions and, and, and to help people to be encouraged. One be sincere when you're with people. Be sincere. Two, listen as if you really care. Mm. There's nothing worse than having somebody come visit you and say they love you and care about you. And you know what? They're on their phone. They're, They're busy doing something else. They're not even listening to you. So we need to be sincere. We need to listen to the people as if we really do care about them. Three, we we are not to be preachy or condescending, and, and we are to share words of hope. And, and I say, offer to pray in faith with them all the time. Every time you see them, offer to pray with them in faith. Yes. And you talk about when you pray, pray faith-filled prayers when you're encouraging people or praying for people. That's really good. Um, yes, I have seen situations and I can think of very clearly of a situation of one time I was I met a woman in her very last in her very last days and I was asked to come by a friend of hers to encourage this woman. When I got in there, there were pastors, there were three pastors, I can clearly see them, and they came in to pray and her husband obviously didn't understand about the power of prayer and faith filled prayers. And the difference between faith-filled prayers and what I saw these three ministers doing. Now, they were, one was on his knees wailing before the Lord and, and saying things like, I can't imagine if this was my wife, what would I do? And going on and on and on. There was no words of encouragement. There was no faith being activated in that room. And I realized there's a difference between faith-filled prayers and just speaking words filled with emotion. Yes. And um, it makes a difference. Um, what does James tell tells us about prayers of faith? He says they will save the sick, mm. give sins, and they will also heal one another. So our words make a difference when we're praying, and we need to pray, and especially I mean, when you're in that situation, you need to offer faith. 
no matter what the situation looks like. Offer them faith-filled words because it makes a difference. Yes, yes, and that's nice to know because I know some people probably, and maybe I have even myself, you just kind of wonder if our personal prayers make a difference, so that is great to know. When we bind up with prayers of faith, the spirit of death that is attacking us, it is bound to the command of our words. They recognize faith. All of heaven backs up this command, and by the same means of faith-filled prayers, when we release the healing power of the Holy Spirit into our bodies, the blood of Jesus secures the manifestation of it. My, yes. And then and then we're also going to talk about activating our faith. That is a word that I feel like sometimes it just puts our faith into action. What does that mean to you, activating our faith? Okay. Well, the Bible teaches us in the Great Commission that if we believe, we will lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. When we believe in something, we activate our faith for it. We hear that someone needs healing, or possibly the person in need of this healing is you. What do we do? The same as we would do in the natural. We grab hold of our faith in the redemptive work of Jesus. We read the forecast in our spiritual almanac, which is God's Word, the Bible, that tells us that if we believe, we will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We just don't look at it. I mean, we put, we put our faith in action. We do something about it. We gather our tools, healing hands, our spoken words of faith, and we put them to work so that we can gather our supernatural harvest. Yes, yes. But what you know what? We are human. All of us are. And what if we're dealing with some doubt? Well, doubt is um, just as powerful as faith. Both involve activating words and actions, and our words and actions produce what they are released for. Mm -hmm. It takes strong faith to not waver when we hear serious medical reports or we are confronted with new emergency situations on a daily basis. We see blood, um, we hear machines and see tubes, etc. These things, plus human reasoning and the five senses, And negative emotions all work against faith. The only cure for doubt and unbelief is God's word about that particular subject. Until we can honestly say we believe, if we are are fighting with doubt and unbelief, especially for other people, we need to humbly bow out of the situation and allow someone else who does believe for that particular situation to take our place. You know what? Uh, there's a story that you tell that is such a great example of this. You know, if we're struggling with it ourselves, then we need to recognize that and say, you know what? I'm not quite there, and maybe I need to call someone else. And that's what happened to you, Becky. There was a situation where there was a baby that was dying. I think he had been uh, born early. Yes. Um, It was when we lived in in the village at the children's home in Guatemala. And this was a recent testimony. And there was a young girl named Jessica, a young lady. And she went into labor a month early and delivered a baby boy. But his lungs, you know, they weren't fully developed. And he was struggling to survive. And the doctors, you know, they didn't have much hope. And they told him he would never survive. 
But this family had a history of amazing miracles. Why couldn't the miraculous be released again into the situation? One reason was the negative beliefs of the church they were under. Before the birth of this child, she had a miscarriage. You know, you see the spirit of death following her, right? Mm-hmm. During their, their time of great sorrow, they were told that this was God's doing, and it's not. That's a lie from the pit of hell. This made it difficult for them and their family to stand and believe for the life of their baby. A spirit of death was after this family, and her husband Maurice, the head of his household, first called and requested that Becky come and lay healing hands upon their baby. But you know what? I wasn't available, but my husband David was there, and he stepped in, and and David found that they had not even given their baby a name or registered him yet with the government because they feared he would not even survive. So David told them how to put their faith into action. The first act of faith was um, to give the baby a name and to register the baby the next day because he was not going to die but live and declare the works of God. And so this couple, um, they did this. And they ran with the hope for a miracle for their baby. And they activated their faith for him. And their baby was instantly, I'm telling you, instantly healed after they named him and registered him. And he was released from the hospital. And you know what? He's alive and well today. (laughs) That's wonderful. You know, there's something that's so important that I get out of that story, that this family... Well, they faced this battle, this tragedy, and, and of course, I mean, this was a newborn baby, so it was not its appointed time to go. I mean, this was definitely a a case of premature death. So they they came to you. They asked for you because they know the miracles that God has done in your life, but you weren't available, so your husband went. So this just, to me, it's so encouraging to know that you don't have to always go to the person that you feel like God does so many miracles, because that can be any spirit-filled believer that has the right tools, that has the right knowledge, that has this insight and revelation that you teach. So your husband was there. You weren't there, but your husband was there. And immediately the Holy Spirit told him what they needed to do to activate that faith. Whew, that is so strong to me. And talking about healing, faith, miracles, this is so cool that you and your son were in a situation to where there seemed like there was not a way out. And you said that God made a supernatural way. He did. This was many years ago, and my family was traveling from the States back to Guatemala. We had been on on a furlough for a little while, and so we were now driving through Mexico. My husband and two of our kids, Annie and Micah, were were in the van with my husband, and I was following behind with our son Aaron in, in a car that we were bringing down. And we were passing. Everything was fine. It was, you know, a sunny afternoon. Everything was fine. And, and now I was passing this semi-truck because it was a trucker's route. And, and I was passing... But this driver, I don't know if he was drunk, he was on drugs, or if he was demonic. I don't know what was going on with him. But he looked out his window, and I think because he saw it was me, a woman, he started to laugh. And he started to, he he started speeding up so that I couldn't pass him. 
and, and he wasn't letting me pass him. And I was trying with all my might because on the left of me was a cliff. And it just had a little guardrail, and there was no no side to, to pull off on. And I couldn't slow down because coming over the hill in front of us now down the road was a semi-truck. And it was coming down the road. It was coming up over the hill. And and this guy was laughing away, thinking it was funny. And and there was nothing we could do. All The only thing I could do was to stay focused because I had my son next to me. And I'm serious. The mama in me was kicking in, and I was trying to protect my son. Yes, yes. I was going as fast as that car would allow me to go, and the driver was just going faster and faster you know, and, and I couldn't even pay attention to the driver because, in my mind, he was demonic. Yes, yes. And the semi is now coming closer and closer, and there's no place, there's nothing we can do. And and, and I remember just trying my hardest to get past, but I could not do it. He would not allow me. And, I mean, he just was laughing away, and, and, and we're about to have a head-on collision with the, with the semi-truck. And it was honking its horn. There was nothing I could do. Now, we did not complete the pass. And I could not get in front of this other semi-truck that we had been passing. But here we were. We did not make the pass. And I saw this bright flash. And the next thing I knew, we were way ahead of the semi-truck that we were trying to pass. In the natural, there was no way we could have made that pass because I couldn't get in front of this semi-truck. And, and, you know, it's like, how can something happen like this? What happened? You know, I believe with all my heart it was translation, that God translated us from from the natural realm into a supernatural realm that literally preserved our lives. You know, we're people of faith, and we have a blood covenant with the Lord. And even though I may not have understood what was going on at the time, because I'm telling you, it was it was a stunning situation to be in, because here we were, we were it was imminent death, and the next thing I knew, we were we were in safety, yes, way ahead of this other semi, and we didn't know how we got there. It was just this big bright flash of light. Yes, I believe with all my heart, it was it was a supernatural intervention by the Holy Spirit. And we were translated. And how does this type of stuff happen? I believe it's because of the faithfulness of God in our lives. And, and it says in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, that God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I believe there's such protection when we enter into true fellowship with Jesus Christ. Yes. And God desires us to enter into this true fellowship with him where we actually can know him personally. This fellowship with him is where where eternal benefits like protection, provision and other benefits are activated. Yes, yes. Oh, that is so good. And and I, and I know that you believe and we're going to talk about it in just a moment that that this type of supernatural interventions they're going to probably become more and more common as we get 
closer to the end times and in these last days. But let me just uh, remind everybody once again that Sid and I want to uh, make sure that everyone can get your brand new book, Becky, Conquering the Spirit of Death, and your exclusive three-part audio teaching series. And as you've heard in this work, Becky reminds us that we are created to be a winner on this earth, a conqueror and even more a conqueror over Satan and all his wicked works. So Sid will be here at the end of the program to tell you how you can get this wonderful, powerful resource. So be sure and be ready for that. And and Becky, you even address the fact that many people struggle with the fear of death as, as we get even closer and closer to these end times. Yes, I do. And 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 we are facing troubling times and, and times we're not really exactly sure all how how all of this is going to play out but i believe we can come we can overcome these overwhelming feelings of fear and insecurity and one way we can calm our hearts is to pray not mindless or faithless prayers but prayers of faith again prayer praying in tongues and and praying the word of god over ourselves for example Pray Psalm 91 to overcome the fear of death. Wow. You know what? When I was reading that in your book, uh, you you take this psalm. I mean, it's a very, very common, popular, well-known psalm. But you take this Psalm 91 and teach people how to overcome the fear of death with that because it's so power-packed with with promises of divine protection for us. And, And when we're afraid, what better than to know that we have a promise of divine protection? Will you take a few of the verses? Verses there, Becky, and just kind of walk through those with us and tell us what you mean by praying the Psalms. Okay. Let's start with verse 1, and it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There is protection and provision when, when we're under the boundary of His shadow. Yes. And so we take and we pray, and we say in Jesus' name, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and and I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And so there is protection for me in the name of Jesus. Look at verse 2. It says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Declaring the attributes, the characteristics of God is very powerful, but it's also a humble way to address God. Mm-hmm. And it's also humbling ourselves to to addressing that that we need him. Yes. Um, look at the third verse. It says, "Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence." This stirs encouragement in us to vocalize his greatness over our enemy and over all of his wicked works. Number four, he says, "He shall cover you with his feathers." And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. This is filled with tenderness and assures us of his divine protection for us. You know, as you're going just through these simply, you know, just one and two and three, and the way you're reading the scripture and then the prayer after, I mean, just sitting here listening to you, doesn't it sort of like start building you up? Um, Yes, and I agree with you because... Reading the scriptures 
quoting the scriptures, prophesying the scriptures, like prophesying Psalm 91, praying and prophesying Psalm 91 over us. It's powerful. There's nothing more powerful than prophesying the word of God over ourselves. And it says in verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that that flies by day. And, you know, with God, we do not need to fear what comes against us in the supernatural realm, nor do we need to be afraid of what could rise against us in the physical realm either. Um, and, and so we are reminded by this, this verse, verse 5, that we don't need to be afraid mm. the terror by night or the things, the attacks of the enemy in the daytime. We can and are responsible to overtake that spirit of fear. And, and I told you before, the spirit of fear is a, is a forerunner to the spirit of death. We need to get a handle. And the scriptures calm us down. They bring us comfort. They reassure us of God's promise that, you know what? He knows about this, and he's got us covered Yes, the redemptive power of his blood. Yes. Well, I can't wait until everyone gets this so they can finish reading about Psalm 91 and the way that you just lay it out, and it just builds your faith, and you just feel very strong in the Lord. So that that is great. But you know what? We're going to have to go in just a couple of minutes, but I wanted you to share one more story. Um, I know some people ask, you know, when death comes— what happens to the born-again believer? But you had another example of, of facing the spirit of death. Yes, I did. And it's amazing when I look back at how the Lord has taken me through a process to get to where I am today. But there is something, and I talk in great detail in the book about this, but in order to, to um, defeat the spirit of death, there are things that we have to choose and let me tell you this testimony so you understand where I'm coming from. Um, I was in Guatemala. I'm tending to my family and to the children in the children's home. And like I've been telling you, I went through numerous years with attacks of the spirit of death. And I'm telling you, these, these attacks were unrelenting. And they were coming from all angles and all different ways because I didn't know what I was dealing with back then. And... Anyway, I'm, I'm outside because that's where I like to pray. I was outside in the evening, and I was praying, and I was feeling discouraged. And you know what? I'm telling you, it wasn't a prayer of faith at that point. It was just one of those prayers that, that were just filled with discouragement. And I just said to God, and, 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 and I said, Lord, this, this is wearing me out. And, and if this is just going to continue, I would rather be home with you. Just take me, you know. And I'm telling you, it wasn't that I had a death wish because I didn't. I wasn't suicidal or anything like that because I wasn't. I was just worn out from the attacks of the enemy. It was attack of death after one after another. And like I said, I didn't know that I was dealing with the spirit of death. I didn't know exactly what I was dealing with. I was learning what was happening. And so I called out to God, just take me home. And as soon as I said those words, and I'm sitting outside under the stars when I'm, when I'm praying to the Lord, and all of a sudden I felt no strength in my legs. 
it started working from the feet on the way up. And, and I tried to move my legs to get up and to get into the house because something was happening. And, and, and I couldn't. I, I had to literally force myself to get up and, and get into the house. And when I got into the house, my husband was in the living room and he looked at me and, and he could tell something was wrong. And I just fell into his arms. And I don't really know what happened at that point, but I know that he carried me to our bed. And, and my spirit was leaving my body. And, and it was through a process. And, and, and I'm telling you, for the born-again believer, you know how the Bible tells us that, that he removed the sting of death from us? And he really does. Even though in the natural, you know, if you looked at me laying on our bed, I was breathing in these, these, these laborious, you know, breaths, like if you've ever seen someone pass on, that they enter into that stage where they're just laborious breaths and, and they're, and they're being released from their body. Their spirit is letting go. And, and what happens during that time even though, I mean, I'm telling you, my spirit was lifting out of my body. And it sounds weird, but it, this is what was going on. It was literally coming up from out of, out of my shoulder, my head, you know. And everywhere that it was lifting, it was slowly lifting. When, when it was gone from my feet, I could tell my feet were dead. And, and it just kept working up my body until, and, and I was actually even looking down at my body, and it looked like it was painful, but there was no pain. I couldn't feel any pain because we're spirit beings. And I was leaving my physical tent, my physical body. And I got up and, 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 and my spirit came right out of my body. And I was now standing on the floor next to the bed, even though all of that was still going on. And I could see through the walls. I could see my husband praying in our bathroom right then and there. And he was crying out to God. And, and all of this is going on, and and I am just, um, I am just in the supernatural realm with God, and and my hands were lifted up, and I was praying and praising God like I had never praised and worshipped Him before. There was no, there was no earthly hindrances. I was in the supernatural realm, in the glory of God, and. And the next thing I knew, I was sitting in the wall over the bed, and all of this is still going on. And I look, and Jesus is sitting next to me, and 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 I'm looking at him. And all of a sudden, I look at the situation, and and he allowed me to come back into the reality of what was going on. And I looked at him, and I said, "It's not my time to go." And he just looked at me, and I said to him, who's going to call me back into my body? And he said, you are. And that was amazing because what I realized, you know, hindsight, and I did. I called myself in my body immediately, and I went back into my body, and the next thing I knew it was morning. But what I realized is what people have to do in that life and death situation is you have to choose to live. Mm. But you have to make a conscious choice. I choose to live. Wow. That is a line that really stuck out to me when you were sharing this story, that you have to choose to live, fight to win, and conquer the spirit of death. Whew. 
Wow. That is amazing. Becky, we're going to have to go. And I just, I wanted to make sure that we had just a moment for you to pray for those that have been listening to this program. Will you do that right now? Yes. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of death. I renounce it. I I command it to leave you in the name of Jesus. I renounce the sickness and the disease attacking your body and all negative emotions coming upon you. I renounce all the power of Satan coming against you in this situation right now. And I release the spirit of life, the power of the Holy Spirit to flow in you and throughout your being. And I say in the name of Jesus, choose life. And when you choose life, I say, get up, get out of bed and put on your spiritual armor and fight to the manifested miracle you so desire in Jesus' name. Yes. And in closing, I want to remind you that we are created to win. We are created to be conquerors, not just conquerors, but more than a conqueror. And God designed us and equipped us with everything we have need of through the redemptive blood of Jesus to win over Satan and all of his wicked works, including the spirit of death, that we are created to win every single time in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I agree with that. Well, here is Sid Roth to tell you how you can get this life-changing brand new resource, Conquering the Spirit of Death by Becky Dvorak. Sid? Becky Dvorak created this unique, powerful resource to remind you that you are created to be a winner on this earth, a conqueror, even more than a conqueror over Satan and all of his wicked works. Becky teaches you how to have victory over the deadly attacks from the spirit of premature death. You'll be well equipped with spiritual insight and daily tools for victory. It's not just the spirit of premature death. I'm telling you, you will be prepared for any assault of the enemy. Be sure to get Becky's brand new book, Conquering the Spirit of Death, and her brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series, Created to Win. You'll also get Becky's brand new and exclusive booklet, God's End Time Supernatural Survival Guide, all for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9662. Once again, offer number 9662.